This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Lots to get into. First and foremost, however, we got to get into the situation with the Washington Capitals. And we discussed at length really almost every podcast we've done since the return of Game Misconduct about how COVID is really going to be something that is going to be a major part of this season. But but I guess what's really frustrating for me is what's happened in Washington here because of a violation of protocol. Now, Peter Laviolette said today that Alexander Ovechkin, Ilya Samsonov, Yevgeny Kuznetsov, and Dmitry Orlov are all going to quarantine and are going to miss the next four games. And all of this stems from them getting together in a hotel room on the road. All right. Now, I read Twitter and the reaction, and the reaction is typical because we've been going through this COVID thing for the last 10 months, and sports has been back for the last six. So whether it's baseball, football, basketball, or now hockey, the response is the same. Oh, so these guys can play together. They can hug after goals. They can sit on the bench together wearing no masks, but they get together in a hotel room and they've got a quarantine. Yes. And you know what it's called? It's called protocol. Now, you might think it's stupid. You might think it makes no sense. You might think it's inconsistent, but that's the protocol. The protocol is they cannot fraternize off the ice, not wearing masks. They knew they were doing wrong going into that room, hanging out together, not socially distanced, and not wearing masks. They knew it was wrong. They knew it broke protocol, and now they're being punished for it. And the Capitals being punished for it, and they got banged for a $100,000 fine from the league. All right? I understand the inconsistencies of this thing. And in a lot of ways, it doesn't make any sense. But the league negotiated these protocols with the Players Association. The players knew that they were doing wrong. Afterward, Alexander Ovechkin said he hopes he's going to learn from it. He admitted he was wrong. Now, whether he was being sarcastic or not, who knows? It's just a statement. But this is not about what you think is right or wrong. This is about what is a rule. And if you violate the rule, these are the circumstances. And now four of the best players, all right, their best player in Alexander Ovechkin, one of their best defensemen, what maybe what are their fourth or fifth best uh, forward in Kuznetsov, and their starting goaltender, all unavailable for the next four games. And, and just because of their own stupidity. So can we stop with the inconsistency? Can we stop with this is wrong, this is, this is too heavy-handed by the NHL? Or even go the other way and say, well, if this is the way it's going to be, let's not play. Hey, they put these protocols together for a reason. And I understand that it does seem inconsistent. But they're trying to cut down the chances of there being any problems, want these players to be responsible. They broke protocol, they get punished for it. And now the Capitals, hey, that's four games. Now, can they win the four games? Sure they can. Because they're a pretty good hockey team. But they are certainly compromised for the next four games. And in a 56-game season, and oh, by the way, the team has lost a couple of games in a row, although they did earn two points with those losses against Pittsburgh. You know, I'll go 0-4, get one or two or no points in the next four games. You can dig yourself a hole you can't get out of. And it will be their fault. Make no mistake about that. So we all have rules in life, whether it's at work, whether it's just in general public, that we don't agree with, that we think are silly. But there's still rules. we got to follow them, and we know the punishment if we don't follow them. So Ovechkin, at least in the statement, took some responsibility for it, and now Washington puts himself in a really, really tough spot. So there we go as far as that is concerned. Now, let's dive into the games from last night because there were a bunch of interesting ones. I haven't done the math, but as you guys know, I do have ice picks. I do make some bets on BetMGM. If I just bet every 
Canadian division game and the over. Now, I won't win them all, but I'm wondering by the end of the year, will I end up making money? And the best example are the two games that were played last night. Now, most of the time, you might find an over-under at, at, at five and a half or six. Usually, it's six and a half. Well, you, you were money in the Vancouver-Montreal game. That game went back and forth, 6-5 final in the shootout. Holpe's very interesting to me because, you know, Holpe's won a cup. Holpe's tied the record for most wins in a regular season. But he is very inconsistent and very difficult to figure out. And and Vancouver's on their way to losing a fourth consecutive game. Can't hold on to a lead. Montreal just keeps coming back. But they do get the late goal um, as they're able to, to get the tally from from one one of the best players that they have right now, Brock Besser, who picked up his second goal of the game, his fourth of the season, to tie the game right after Montreal had taken the lead. Kakanyemi gets his first of the year. And then Miller gets the goal in the shootout, and they ended up salvaging uh, and getting getting a big win there, so good on uh, Vancouver for snapping the four the, the three game losing streak. Montreal still has yet to lose a game in regulation, so they are off to a very very good start. Um, I was struggling with a pick early, and I was having a conversation with our producer Anthony Pusick about the Edmonton Toronto game, and you just how can you believe in Edmonton after what had happened against Montreal, and then they turn around and have a great showing against Toronto and win uh, three to one. And this was Dreisaitl finally kind of getting things going as he gets his first goal of the year. It was kind of a fluke. Um, uh, but the point is is that he got the goal. Matthews scores late, or excuse me, early in the third period to tie the game up at one. So it was a great back-and-forth game. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Not a lot of shots on goal. So this kind of went against the whole bet the over because these are two high-flying teams. If you were to ask me who's going to score 11 goals, Vancouver, Montreal, or Edmonton, Toronto, you would have bet every dime you had that it was going to be in Toronto and ended up being complete role reversal. So still a very difficult league uh, to figure out. Uh, good, But also in that game against Toronto, um, Joe Thornton forced to leave because of injury. We don't know the injury. Um, Pierre Lebrun is reporting that he's going to have an MRI later on today. So Joe Thornton, who's actually been pretty good for Toronto, uh, now not going to play uh, probably day to day right now as we wait for the results uh, on the MRI. San Jose, thirty-eight shots on goal as they get a big shootout win, two to one over the St. Louis Blues. Good by San Jose to just hold a high-powered St. Louis team to just twenty-three shots on goal. Minnesota continues to roll, three-two win uh, over Anaheim. So uh, Minnesota finds themselves right in the thick of things in their division, and again. Batting the bunny, the Vegas Golden Knights, they just continue to roll with a 5-2 win uh, over Arizona. So Vegas is just 4-0 right now. They've got a plus-9 goal differential, which is the best in the league. They've played all four of their games at home now, so maybe that can change once they hit the road. But right now, I think everybody had Vegas among the top five teams in the National Hockey League. Uh, They've only got a two-point lead on Minnesota. Again, still very early. But when you talk about the elite teams in this league, Philadelphia with just one loss, um, Tampa's probably uh, in the conversation of being one of the best teams in the league, although they only played twice in both games against Chicago, who's one of the worst teams in the league. So it's a little, you know, usually on Fridays... We're not going to have a podcast tomorrow because I'm actually traveling into the city tomorrow for the first time in 10 months because I'm calling the Ranger-Penguin game. Uh, but we're not going to do the top five of the week yet because it's. It, I'm, I'm sorry, it's still too early. 
There's been um, way too few games, and it's just an odd year, right? You thought the bubble was weird. This whole thing is just kind of very, very difficult uh, to figure out. Games tonight, uh, certainly of note. Can the Devils stay hot against an Islanders team that just seems – they played three games, right? And two of the games, Varlamov had a shutout, and the one game when Varlamov didn't play, they got shelled 5 nothing by the Rangers. So now the Devils, who have yet to lose in regulation as well, uh, they'll be out on the island against the Islanders. Montreal, second consecutive day against Vancouver now the trend seems to be this is where Montreal bounces back but here's the odd thing that game was so back and forth how do you say bounce back Montreal did get a point and played well I don't know where to go there uh, Flyers and the Bruins Bruins won one and one to start the season uh, they played a couple of games against the Devils got shut out uh, by the Islanders when is Boston going to get going when's that firepower going to happen here um, so we'll see if uh, they can get it going against Philadelphia. Tampa finally back uh, involved against the Columbus team that's 1-2-1, and one, and now they got to take on one of the best teams in the league. That's a very, very difficult spot. I'm really interested in Winnipeg and Ottawa. That was a wild game back on Tuesday where the Winnipeg Jets came back from 3-1 down to win that game in overtime, and so many rumors surrounding Patrick Laine, where he's going to go. I'm hearing the Devils are very interested in Laine. New Jersey's got tons of young talent to possibly trade so I'm wondering where line A is going to go and will he ever play another game for Winnipeg so when he comes back from that uh, injury let's see if he is going to end up getting traded Avalanche and the Kings again from Los Angeles and again Panthers and Hurricanes postponed because of the COVID situation with Carolina so um, doesn't look like they're going to play again for another couple of days I think after the 23rd so that's where we stand um with that is as COVID is just going to continue to be a bit of a situation that you're just not going to be able to ignore, but you just got to follow the rules. And, and I'm not going to get political on this thing. It's just that they've got protocols and now you've seen what happens when you break those protocols could be pretty pretty tough. All right, let's hear from you to close out the podcast at Don LaGreca. You do that every day by uh, including on your tweet at at Don LaGreca hashtag game misconduct. Uh, Alex James Wilson says, what are your thoughts on Miles Wood's technique? He looks as erratic as ever out there on the ice. My brother and I joke about how he looks like Luis Mendoza from uh, the Mighty Ducks, which is the movie I have to stay. So he can't control himself, but then he scores goals. I like to look at him as like he's the Hunter Pence of hockey. Hunter Pence, if you're not familiar with baseball, you know, uh, played with the San Francisco Giants, Philadelphia Phillies, Houston Astros, Texas Rangers, kind of bounced around, and he looked like he didn't know how to throw, how to run, how to swing, and he ended up having some really good seasons in Major League Baseball. The thing with Miles Wood is he's almost too fast for himself. But he's got some great speed, and he, he finds a way to get it done. He's off to a great, great start. Uh, Keandre Miller, not obviously the uh, Ranger player, uh, Mantis, as he throws in, uh, Keandre Mantis Miller says, do you think Quinn does a good job of prepping the rookies? Kako had a slow start last year. Miller and Lafreniere haven't been uh, even accidentally made it on the score sheet yet, although Lafreniere did commit a penalty. Not saying there's something to worry about, but is it coincidence or Quinn? Well, here, here's what I'll say. All right. Kako was an 18-year-old, and I remember talking to David Quinn last year about how he said, you know, this is a, this is a kid. He's 18 years old. 
He's not from this country. There's a lot of adjustments that have to be made. And I know there's a lot of 18-, 19-year-olds that jump right onto the ice and are superstars. But there's an adjustment there. And I think Kako's been better this year. All right, Lafreniere is another one. Limited training camp, no preseason games. Uh, Miller's only real flavor of the NHL. He was in the training camp in July with the team in the bubble in Toronto, although he didn't play. And being a defenseman in this league is really tough, too. So I'm going to cut David Quinn some slack. I mean, this is a guy that came from college. He knows how to deal with young players. But the circumstances over the last couple of years have been a bit unique. So I'm not going to be overly critical of him there. Uh, Troy says, do you think the COVID-related penalties issued to the Capitals will sufficiently deter all players from gathering in their hotel rooms in a similar fashion? Again, love the show and hope we can continue to hear you daily. You hope. I mean, that, that's the thing. is You only have 56 games. Every one of these games are very, very important. And you get stuck on the protocol list. You have to quarantine and you end up missing four games. That's a, that's a huge chunk of your schedule. That's almost 10% of your schedule. So, yeah, you hope it's going to be a deterrent for sure. Um, Giancarlo says, why are the Rangers continuing to play Jack Johnson over Brendan Smith? Smith has earned his ice time. Johnson is a disaster. Well, it's been a slow start for him. He's a veteran. Uh, I think the Rangers are still going through a lot. Remember, they've only played three games, and I I thought it was wrong of David Quinn to just go with the same lineup because of how well the team played back on Saturday. But that kind of kept D'Angelo out of the lineup, kept Smith in. But you're going to see some juggling, and, and clearly the best ice time is going to go to the guys who play the best. I think D'Angelo is going to be back of the lineup. I do think that Johnson's days are numbered, especially if he continues to play this way. Uh, David Hines says, had the opportunity to watch Edmonton-Toronto game last night. Two thoughts. One, love that NBC Sports is airing North Division games, so more chances to watch the Canadian teams. And two, Gord Miller is a very good and underrated play-by-play commentator. Absolutely. He's done great up in Canada with TSN. I'm glad that uh, NBC has hired him to work those games. And obviously being up in Canada, where the travel has been difficult. Uh, he's the perfect person to put in those situations. So I've known him for a long time, watched his work before he even came to NBC. He is outstanding. And and this is what I've been asking for for a long time. You know, everybody wants, oh, you got to put Philly, you got to put Pittsburgh, you got to put the Rangers, you got to put Chicago, you got to put the Red Wings, you got to put those original six teams on, you got to put Sidney Crosby, you got to put Ovechkin, so Washington, Pittsburgh, you're rotating like the same six, seven teams. And I'm like, listen, you know, take a cue from the NBA. You know, sell your stars. And some of the stars, the brightest stars in this league, reside in Canada. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are superstars. All right, Edmonton's not a big market. There's not a lot of Oiler fans in New York. But you want to expose the states to these great players. Put them on national television. Austin Matthews is an American. Happens to play for Toronto, but he's an amazing player. Marner's an amazing player. Neyland's an amazing player. Put these guys on. There's a lot of there's a lot of Toronto Maple Leaf fans in the states. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, good good job. I don't know what the ratings are, you know, in relation to what they would be if they had thrown another Pittsburgh-Washington game on or another Ranger-Blackhawk game on, but um, I still think uh, that's a great idea. Shining Wizards Kevin says, not having watched a lot of Islanders games so far, I was shocked to see that in three games they've either scored no goals twice or four goals. What is the team's identity on the ice? Let's go Devils. All right, well, Shining Wizards, Kevin, their identity is they're a lockdown defensive team. And what happens sometimes when you play and you think defense first, I find this when I covered the Devils a long time ago, who played a similar style, obviously when Lou was there as well, is that scoring first is vitally important. Because because the whole idea is score first and then you kind of dictate play. You fall behind, 
then that defensive style is not going to generate a lot of offense. So I, I think it really just comes down to them getting off to good starts and them scoring first. And maybe at least early on here, before they finally get their sea legs, maybe it just comes down to that. Uh, Tommy P says, I know it's only one start each, but each which of the three of the Blackhawks goalies do you see taking the next step and taking command of the net? Subban, uh, Dalia, or... Um, Lackanen. I have not seen much of Lackanen. Subban, we've seen, obviously, in his days with Boston. Um, I would probably just say, and again, it's very, very limited. Um, Dalia, to me, I've seen a little bit more of him that he might have the best shot, um, but it's so difficult because that team is such a complete rebuild. It's you really got to sit there and watch the games. And so far, what, are we, what have we seen? You know, we've had a couple of games against Tampa. Um, they actually played much better against Florida. Um, need to keep a little bit closer of an eye on that to see which of the three can step it up. And finally, Chris says, "Hi, Don. Which teams only playing within their division? With teams only playing in their division this year, what arena cities will you miss visiting the most and least? As in the walk at the Saddle Dome, something you won't miss. No, I'm gonna. I, I miss that. I have no fear of heights whatsoever. Dave Maloney's got the problem with that." Uh, I miss all the Canadian cities outside of Ottawa, and the, and the only reason I don't mind Ottawa, it's just that you're 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 not in Ottawa, right? You're in Canada, and and, and you're stuck in the hotel. I don't know if I've ever told the story on on the game misconduct. Uh, a few years ago, I had a game in Ottawa, but there was snow, and and the Rangers were in Carolina, and I couldn't get to Carolina because of the snow the day earlier because it was snowing up and down the East Coast. But I was able to get a flight to Ottawa. I was scheduled to do the game in Ottawa. So what the Rangers did is they flew me out to Ottawa early. The game was on a Sunday, so they flew me out Friday night. So I spent all day Saturday with a day off in Ottawa, and the game was on Sunday. As a matter of fact, the Islanders couldn't get out of Ottawa because they had played the Senators on that Friday. So I was actually in the same hotel with the Islanders. It was crazy because there's there's one hotel um, that you go every, every every team goes, and it's in Kanata. It's close to the arena, but it's not anywhere close to the city. So I figured I want to see the capital. I want to see Parliament and all that. It's like a $60 cab ride, and I just spent the day there. And then it's like a $60 cab ride back. I'm not complaining about the money. What I'm saying is, is that's how far it was to go see something. You know, so whenever you go to Ottawa, you're stuck at the hotel and you go to the arena. That's it. But Toronto, great city. Montreal, great city. Vancouver, great city. I even love Edmonton, Winnipeg. I love those cities because the arenas are right there in the middle of town, you know. So I miss I miss Montreal terribly. That's my favorite city by far. But, you know, watching these games, I'm thinking to myself, like I'm calling the game tomorrow, Rangers-Penguins. I'm like, I, I would be in Pittsburgh today. And Pittsburgh's a great town, too. You know, Buffalo's a great town. I'm going to miss that on that next week. So really like all of them, but I'm really, 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 really missing the Canadian cities and, and any place that's got where the arena's right there in the downtown area. Like, I like Washington. Um, that's fun. But like like Philadelphia, I drive to Philly because I live close to Philly here in New Jersey, and I go to the game and I go home. So I really don't get a, get a flavor for the city at all, you know. Um, Columbus is a really cool place, too, because it's right in the middle of town, great town. Um, to kind of walk around in a little bit, and then it's a great arena. So Columbus, certainly I miss. Like Carolina, I like Carolina, but you know we, we stay at the hotel, we, 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 we drive to the arena, and that's it. The arena is far away from the hotel, far away from downtown. You know, we're not really close to downtown Raleigh. So um, 
I, I spent time in Raleigh when they were in the Stanley Cup final back in 06 um, when they played Edmonton to get a real feel for the downtown area. But when you're just stuck at the arena, there's really no place to go. You want you want a situation where you can walk to the arena and really get a sense of the town, and, and, and there's a bunch of places. Those are the ones that I really miss. So a long-winded answer, pretty much all of the arenas, because as much as I love calling games, calling them off the monitor, not getting to travel is not a lot of fun. So hopefully next year, next October, we get a full 82-game schedule and everything gets back to normal. That is the hope, and hopefully that will happen. All right, so no no, no pod tomorrow um, because I'm going to be doing a bunch of different things. So we'll reconvene on Monday, recap the weekend, uh, and uh, get a chance to talk to EJ Raddick as we do. But if you're Jones in to talk some hockey, I'm always available at Donald Greca, hashtag game misconduct. You can always do that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing along. We'll talk to you again on Monday. This was the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.